This is episode 5 of Perhaps She May Be Healed, a study of Jeremiah 51 and verse 8. And in this passage, we have seen the insult given to Israel, the destruction of her city, the captivity of her citizens. And God judged Babylon for her offense, but God called his people to wail for her and to take balm for her suffering. And God expected his people to empathize with Babylon the judged and to ease her pain in that judgment. And in this final episode, we're going to take a look at the final phrase of verse 8, perhaps she may be healed. Well, as we begin, notice the final phrase of Jeremiah 51 and verse 8, perhaps she may be healed. The word perhaps, the words perhaps she may be healed indicate to us the desire of the Lord toward Babylon. It's true that Babylon had been very cruel toward God's people. She had even turned her back on the Lord God of Israel. But despite this cruelty, God still called his people to wail for Babylon and to bring balm for her healing. And there was a reason for that. And that reason is that it is not the will of God that anyone should perish, but come to the knowledge of the truth and the knowledge of his purpose. And by sending his people to minister to Babylon in her judgment, God was declaring his compassion toward Babylon And he was telling her that he had no secret delight in destroying her. Now, you and I are God's representatives. It was Israel that God sent to represent him by showing their deeds of compassion and mercy. And when we do not minister to our enemies in their suffering, we do not represent that purpose and will of God. God still cares for those who offend us. He still desires that they repent and come to the knowledge of the truth. And when we refuse to forgive those who have offended us, we act on our own. See, God was asking his people to represent him and to reach out in compassionate concern for their enemies. We, we are to do so to demonstrate his heart. We are called to demonstrate his heart as his ambassadors towards those who have offended us. And, and we go with our acts of compassion and tenderness and mercy and love on God's behalf to, to remind his people that God still is a God of compassion and will forgive. Now, in this case, human nature stood in Israel's way as it stands in our ways. We, she was offended and, and wanted to get even with, with Babylon, who had stripped her of everything. But God, on the other hand, was calling her to forget herself for a moment and to forget her pain for a moment and to reach out to fellow human beings suffering under his judgment. 
And if Israel was going to represent the attitude of God, she would have to deal with those personal feelings. She would have to forgive. She, she would have to get her eyes off her suffering long enough to see the suffering of Babylon. The words, perhaps she may be healed, reflect the heart of God and the attitude that every believer needs to have towards even those who have offended them that they would be healed, that they would be forgiven, that they would come to the knowledge of the truth. Notice something else in the words, perhaps, and may here in this, in this verse. The words have an uncertainty to them. And by using these words, the Lord was telling Israel that Babylon may or may not be healed. Her healing was not guaranteed. Perhaps she may be healed opens the possibility that she may not be healed as well. Now, when the Lord Jesus walked on this earth, he he touched and healed many people. Those same people, however, called for his crucifixion. And in the case of Babylon, we have right here in this passage a prophetic word spoken in the very next verse. In Jeremiah 51 and verse 8, we we read what was going to happen to Babylon. Verse 9 says this, We would have healed Babylon, but she was not healed. Forsake her. And let her go to her own country, for her judgment has reached up to heaven and has been lifted up even to the skies. Now, what does verse 9 tell us about what would happen to Babylon despite the wailing and the bomb that was offered to her? Verse 9 tells us that even in her judgment, she continued to reject God. She would not be corrected. She would never recover. Now, the thing is this. If you knew that an individual would never come to the Lord despite your efforts to reach them, would you still continue to minister to them? If you knew that this individual would resist or even take advantage of your compassion, would you still be willing to bless them? Now, for many people, it would be a waste of time to reach out to someone who would reject them. But this was not the case for God. He called his people to wail for Babylon, even though he knew that they, Babylon would never repent. He sent his people with balm to, to minister to the pain of Babylon in her judgment, even though he knew Babylon would continue in this path of rejection. We minister, not because we're guaranteed results, but because in doing so, we reflect the heart and we demonstrate the heart of God to our enemies. The faithfulness God required here was that his people show compassion even to those who rejected that compassion. The faithfulness God expects has nothing to do with results. Jesus healed those who would never 
accept him. Jesus preached to those who would reject his words. God knew before he sent his people to Babylon that Babylon would reject their efforts. God called his prophets in the Old Testament to preach to those who would reject their message and even stone them to death, rejecting and and turning their backs on the message that they preached. Jesus came to this earth only to be rejected by his creation, but he still came. God makes his reign to fall on the righteous and on the unrighteous, those who will never bow their knee to him. Israel's motivation for ministering to Babylon was to be separated completely from results. She was to minister because it was the heart of God, and she demonstrated by her ministering the heart of God. God cares for those who love him as well as those who don't. Listen to the words of Jesus in Matthew 5, 43 to 48. Jesus says this, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your enemy or your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Matthew five forty-three to 48. Notice what Jesus is telling us here. He says, we are to love our enemies because we are sons and daughters of God. And we love them because that is what God does. And we have his heart. He makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good as well. He makes his rain to fall on the just, but also on the unjust. He shows mercy and compassion and love to the saint, but he also shows love and mercy and compassion to the sinner. And if we are led and filled by the Spirit of God, this will be demonstrated in the attitude of our heart. We have the heart of God, and because we have the heart of God, we demonstrate love, love and mercy and compassion to even those who persecute and offend or insult us. This heart of God that is in us will not be a selfish heart that thinks only of itself and its own pain. 
It will not be a heart of jealousy or bitterness. It will not be a heart that ministers only to bring personal benefit to itself or to the church. It is a heart that faithfully demonstrates the compassion and mercy of God, even when there is nothing to show for it in the end. I would rather see a small church where people demonstrate the heart of Christ than a big one where people are concerned only for themselves. God is calling us to demonstrate compassion even to those who will never step foot inside this door of this church. He is calling us to actively reach out to those who are enemies to us and and to his church. He is calling us to to minister to those who have insulted and oppressed us because that is God's heart and we have that heart. In the end, God's concern will not be whether we were successful in bringing people to himself, but rather that whether we have truly demonstrated his heart to those around us. He will bring people to himself, but it is our task to demonstrate his heart, even to the worst of sinners. We carry the compassion and the mercy of God wherever we go. The challenge here for us is this. Will we take up this challenge to be his instrument today? Will you take your eyes off results and focus on being a true demonstrator of God's character, of God's heart. God doesn't always promise that we will see results, but he is asking for faithfulness. Will will you examine the motives of your heart? Will you commit yourself to be a reflection of the person of God and the heart of God before all you meet, enemy and friend alike? Will you make it your purpose to judge your success or failure, not in terms of results, but by how faithfully and obediently you have reflected the heart and the character of God? Father God, We want to thank you for your heart. Thank you that you have a heart of compassion and tenderness and mercy. Thank you that you allow your sun to shine on the righteous and the unrighteous. Thank you that you send your rain to those who love you and also to those who do not. Thank you for that incredible grace that showers the most undeserving sinner with blessings. Thank you for the love that reaches out, the compassion that cares for even those who turn their backs on you. Father, you will judge, but you are calling us as your people to be demonstrators of your heart of compassion. You send us out. You sent Israel out to Babylon to to show them the compassion of God towards them in their judgment. 
so that they could be saved. And Father, even though Babylon turned their backs and you knew they would, you still wanted to show them that compassion. Father, would you forgive us for times when we have not demonstrated your heart towards those who have offended us? I pray that we would carry that heart with us, that your spirit would so uh, work in us and give us that heart of compassion and mercy that we would find forgiveness, that we would find tenderness, that we would find mercy in our heart even for those who have offended us, that we would represent you well before the enemies of your church that we would love as you loved, that even while we were yet sinners, living in rebellion against you, you reached out to us and you touched us and you loved us. May that, oh God, be the heart that we share and the heart that we demonstrate to the world around us for the glory of your name. May we demonstrate your heart so that our enemies, perhaps, may be healed. In Jesus' name, amen.